Hello from the East Coast to the West Coast and to listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers radio show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us. We're broadcasting on Liberty Works Radio Network at libertyworksradionetwork.com and their affiliate stations. Also, don't forget that you can always learn more about our show and find podcasts posted at truthseekersradioshow.com. Today, my guest is Lori Cardoza Moore. She is the founder and president of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. It's a pro-Israel Christian organization that has a mandate to educate Christians on their biblical responsibilities to support our Jewish brethren. She also serves as special envoy to the UN on the Israel agenda, and her organization's latest film documentary is called Israel Indivisible and has been nominated for an Emmy. With over 20 years experience in media, Lori has been part of over 500 film and video productions. She's a spokeswoman, on-screen talent producer, and Lori shares her experience and expertise through radio and television interviews and in briefings with media and church leaders. And if you will help me welcome Lori. How are you doing this evening, Lori? I'm doing well. Thank you, Angeline. Thank you for having me on the program today. And thanks so much for your time and for sharing some very valuable information with our listeners tonight. We appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Lori, why don't we start with just what led you to start Proclaiming Justice to the Nations? And then can you just give us a little bit more detail of the types of things that your organization is involved in? Absolutely. Well, I'll try to keep it short. It's a long story, but um, it really began with... um, with my faith. And years ago, uh, you probably recall, Angeline, um, there was a gentleman by the name of Henry Blackaby, and he wrote a great book, a great Bible study called Experiencing God. And he wrote it a couple of years after I had come to faith. And of course, my husband and I were uh, in a very difficult season in our lives. We were still newly married, only three years, and we had come to a crisis within our um, relationship, and our marriage was falling apart. We had one child, and it appeared that we were both going, um, it looked like destiny was going to have us going separate ways, but God intervened, and um, and we ended up as a last-ditch effort to try to salvage our marriage. We went to a marriage retreat, and through that weekend retreat, hearing the testimonies of other couples and the struggles that they had endured, some newly married, some who had been married for over 50 years, sharing um, the the impact that the Lord had made in their lives through difficult situations. And my husband and I realized at the time that, you know, the reason why our marriage had failed or was a complete failure at the time was because we had never built our our lives on a solid, solid foundation, and therefore our marriage was not built on that foundation. So it was easy, you know, to see through that marriage retreat why things were falling apart. And so my husband and I at the same time gave our lives to the Lord. And of course, I was 30 years old at the time, and I was so excited. And I wanted to, of course, you know, in giving my life to the Lord, I made a a promise to Him. And I was so grateful that He was so patient with me over those 30 years. 
Um, but I promised him that no matter what he asked me to do and no matter where he chose to send me, I would never tell him no, that I would, I would believe big and, and not think that I couldn't accomplish what he had called me to accomplish. So as the years went on, I began to study the scriptures and, um, I've developed my personal relationship with him, uh, through prayer and, and, um, what have you through studying his word. And, um, and as I was studying through the years, I actually started with a com- with a group called um, Community Bible, and um, they were starting in the book of Genesis. And uh, it had been two years since I'd given my life to the Lord, and I thought, well, this is going to be a great Bible study to get in into, because they're starting at the beginning, so why not start here? Mm-hmm. And um, through the process, over 11 years of studying, we went from Genesis to Revelation, and then all the way, then back to the book of Romans. And it was when I got to Romans chapter 9 through 11. In fact, the year before we got to Romans um, 9, Romans, the book of Romans, when we were studying the book of Revelation and we got to chapter 21, where it talks about the new Jerusalem descending out of heaven and on the gates were the names of the 12 tribes and on the foundations were the names of the 12 apostles. And I heard the Lord in my quiet time say, I am not done with my people. Now, I had been raised Catholic, and I had been taught. I remember, you know, hearing over the years, um, growing up um, in the Catholic religion, that the Jews were the Jesus killers. And then when my husband and I had given our lives to the Lord, we decided to attend a Presbyterian church. And it was in the Evangelical Presbyterian PC um, USA, or PCA, and um, there I was taught that the church replaced Israel because the Jews had rejected Jesus or rejected the Messiah. So that was kind of my knowledge. But here um, I'm hearing the Lord in my quiet time say to me, see, I'm not done with my people. And so I kind of tucked that away. And it was the next year, which was 2001. Um, we started our, our Bible study every fall, so September. Um, we were had begun, and we met on Friday mornings. And this was the Friday before 9-11 we started in the book of Romans and then Tuesday rolled around and nine 11 happened. And I remember saying to my children, we were homeschooling at the time and I had all the children um, in the classroom and we were getting ready to start our studies for the day. And um, a friend of mine called me on the phone and she said, are you watching the television? And I said, no, she said, turn it on immediately. A plane had flown into one of the world trade center towers. Well, it wasn't three seconds after we turned on the television, the kids and I were all sitting in there. My youngest one was two years old at the time. We have five children now. Mm -hmm. Um, And as not three seconds went by and the second plane flew into the second tower. And I immediately knew from all the studying that I had done through the scriptures those 11 years prior that we were under attack and that the same enemy that had been attacking Israel, Amalek, because the Lord said, I will wage war against Amalek from generation to generation. And I saw that second plane go into the tower. And I said to my children, I said, the life that you know as children will not be the life you know as adults. And it just came right out of my mouth, not even thinking. And I began to pray and to ponder what this meant. And as you know, and, and your listeners um, recall where they were on that infamous day, we all wondered what was going to become of us. 
what was going to happen. And as the days and the week um, turned into years passing, we we saw the evidence that life as we knew it prior to 9-11 was no longer going to be what we know and what we do know now. But when I came to Romans 9 through 11, uh, six months later after the attack, we were in Bible study and we, were, we had actually come to the chapters 9 through 11. And when I I read what Paul had written in chapter 11 specifically, where God told, um, or or where Paul told the believers in Rome that, um, that God's gifts and his calling to Israel was irrevocable. And I remember looking at that and thinking, re- being reminded of what the Lord had spoken to me in the prior year when he said, see, I'm not done with my people. And I thought, okay, if this, if you're saying, Lord, that your gift to Israel and your calling to Israel is irrevocable, then irrevocable means irrevocable. And everything that I've been taught about the Jews and about Israel is inaccurate. We know that Paul said that they were blinded for the benefit of the Gentiles, and only God knows when all the Gentiles will be come in, as Paul had said. He reminded, Paul reminded the believers to not become arrogant in their newfound faith. And I was, I recalled thinking how I'd heard some Christians talk about the Jews and how they were judgmental and and condemning. And I remember thinking, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't quite put my my finger on it. And it was maybe a week after this, we had gotten to chapters 9 through 11. Um, I was in a Bible study, another Bible study group uh, with some women from my church. And they had somebody had mentioned that there was a woman in Alabama, an evangelical Christian, who had run a resolution to support the state of Israel in Alabama. And I heard the Lord say, I want you to do that here. Now, my background was in politics. Um, I, in 1993 through 1997, I lobbied for Tennessee Right to Life in the state legislature. And so I was familiar with the whole process of introducing resolutions or legislation and um, lobbying for the passage thereof. Well, I the next day, I had the resolution in my hand. We introduced it here in Tennessee, and um, it was miraculously passed. And after that legislation um, was passed, I was ready for my next assignment. Here I was eager. I had watched miracle after miracle be performed with this legislation as we lobbied through it. And I was eager. What's my next assignment? Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> And for nine months, there was silence. And I would pray and I'd say, Lord, is that all you wanted me to do? Is that Was that the only purpose that you brought me to this understanding? Well, it was the following year that the Israeli consul general had come to Middle Tennessee and the Jewish Federation had invited me to meet with him. He wanted to meet with me to thank me personally for the resolution to support Israel. We met, and during the meeting, he says to me in his Israeli accent, he says, so when was the last time you were in Israel? And I looked at him and I said, I've never been. And he looked at me astounded. He said, you've never been, and you did this resolution for Israel? And he looked at the the executive director for the Jewish Federation here in Nashville, and he says, when are you going to Israel? She must be on the next trip. Well, let me tell you, it was six months later. I was on a plane with members of the Jewish community. Um, they were taking a tour group over to Israel. And so I was um, I was honored. Uh, it was the year of the General Assembly uh, that met. It was 2003 in November um, in Israel. And that year, there were three evangelical Christians who were on that mission trip. And I remember one of the opening nights of the program, 
we were in a hangar in somewhere in the north um, uh, with the on a base on an on an air force base and it was a huge hangar and there were four forty three hundred people gathered in this hangar having dinner and were being served by these beautiful um, IDF soldiers and they were just young and just lovely and and the woman got up and spoke um, that evening and she said for the first time in ninety plus years that the um, that um, they had been meeting she said we have three evangelical Christians with us tonight and there was a moment of silence and then the whole hangar just burst into applause and I remember feeling this incredible love just flow over me and everybody sitting at my table looked at me and and they nodded and it was the most powerful thing I had ever experienced and that really was the beginning of this journey and I came home and I said to my husband because my husband and I, we, as you uh, mentioned in your opening statement, my husband and I have been involved in media for, gosh, I think it's over 25 years now. But um, he's produced award-winning films. We, we did uh, music videos for country artists. We worked um, heavily in the Christian industry doing music videos and documentary films and, and um, of course, commercials. Um, but I said to my husband, I said, Stan, I feel like the Lord is telling us we need to change our focus, mm-hmm. that we need to turn our focus on Israel now and prepare the church for this, for the end time message about who is Israel and what our responsibility is. And that's when we really started, Angeline, in developing media and um, and producing. And I went from being um, an on-camera talent full-time to producing mm-hmm. programming films and, and, and content. Uh, I still do on-camera work in front of the camera, um, but it's only for this um, initiative. And the films, the organization Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, which your audience can visit our website at pjpn.org. But the mission of our organization is to educate Christians about their biblical responsibility to stand with their Jewish brethren and defend the state of Israel. Now, this is what the Lord gave me. And I remember years uh, for, well, it was a couple, it was two years after I founded the organization. Mm -hmm. um, Through the process of naming the organization and thinking, okay, what am I going to name the organization? It's got to have an Israel name. But I, I kept hearing proclaiming justice to the nation. And I thought, well, Lord, that doesn't have anything to do with Israel. And I kept hearing it repeated. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. That's what we're going to name it. Two years later, I'm studying, you know, I'm, we're going back. I'm still doing Bible studies. And um, this one specific year, we were doing a study on the book of Joel. And I came to chapter three and started to read that chapter. And in that chapter, it says, God told the prophet Joel, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. that in the latter days, he was going to pour out his wrath on the nations because they were dividing up his land. And if you read down to verse 9, it says, proclaim this to the nations, prepare for war. Now, I have, I come from a family with a long military background. And so I've always been kind of militant because I grew up in that environment. And, um, and so when I read that scripture, that verse specifically, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's why PJTN is proclaiming justice to the nations. Because in his word, 
And this is in the last days when he gave the word to Joel, that in the last days he would pour out his wrath on the nations because they were dividing up his land. And you know what shocked me was, Angeline, which nation is leading the charge in the last days to divide the land of Israel? But the Christian nation, Mm -hmm. the United States of America. And I always thought to myself, you know, when when I saw that scripture and I realized, oh my gosh, how can a Christian nation turn its back on Israel and divide the land when clearly throughout the scriptures, God God established, he created the universe. He, the Bible says that he establishes the borders of all the nations. He established Israel's borders. Well, if this is true in the scriptures, then why aren't Christians standing up to defend this? Why aren't they contacting their congressmen and senators? So I saw the disconnect mm-hmm. within the Christian world, not really understanding our responsibility And, of course, a lot of it still comes from the mentality of replacement theology. Right. And, Lori, we got to take our first break. But when we come back, that's exactly where I'd like to start with the how I, I believe it is coming out of replacement theology. So let's just take a quick break. Listeners, today my guest is Lori Cardoza Moore. She is the founder and president of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. And we'll be back momentarily on the True Seekers radio show. Thousands of years, people from the Brazilian rainforest have used the Asahi berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic Asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order two, plus give you free shipping. Call 800-430-4147-800-430-4147-800-430-4147. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-948-6817, 800-948-6817, 800-948-6817, 800-948-6817. 
Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show. Today, my guest is Lori Cardoza Moore. She is the founder and president of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. You know, and it's ironic, Lori, that you that's exactly where you had gone. That was going to be my next question. You were talking mm-hmm. about the church replacing Israel, and you were talking about mm-hmm. how the Christian nation, the U.S., seems to really be the ones, ironically, behind all this. And you know, what happened is I was doing research for a show that I wanted to do on replacement theology, and I stumbled across something that I found to be even more dangerous. And I wondered if you've heard of it. It's called Christian Palestinianism. And the the pastor that uh, teaches on this a lot is Dr. Paul Wilkinson, and he's from the U.K., but mm-hmm. I mean, what he he was saying about Christian Palestinian, it is a movement backed and supported, and it it even seems manufactured by Christian pastors, international and international group, and they basically say that Christ was a Palestinian who lived under occupation. It's just these types of things. Mm-hmm. It seems to be fueling this Mm -hmm. hatred against Israel and the Jews. And so Mm -hmm. I guess my question Mm -hmm. to you is, do you agree that these, that the Christian pastors aren't taking their responsibility seriously? I mean, if they're the ones behind this, fueling this whole thing, what, Mm -hmm. what is your feeling on that? Well, you know, there are wolves and there are sheep and there are shepherds. And these pastors are not shepherds. They are wolves. They have been, I I remember a friend of mine um, told me, because we had this discussion about replacement theology, and I asked this pastor, I said, how does replacement theology um, seep into, how, you know, is this being taught in the seminaries? He said, absolutely. In in fact, he said, I don't call them seminaries anymore. I call them cemeteries. (laughs) They're not putting out any life. They're not putting out truth. And unfortunately, there are many Christians who are buying into this Christian Palestinian movement, or you you may have heard the term the Christ at the checkpoint movement. Mm-mm. And this is a group, it's a group that meets, there, there was over 600 evangelical pastors who participated last year in Bethlehem um, at Bethlehem Bible College, another fraud that says that it's a Bible college to train but they never study the first covenant scriptures. The of course, of course, we know it is the Old Testament. They never never study the books of Moses. They only study the New Testament because the Old Testament is old. Jesus came, and now he's done away with that. So what they're doing is they're teaching, um, they're espousing on um, on inaccuracies and and promoting a theology and a doctrine that is heretical. And Jesus, of course, I call him Yeshua because that was the name his mommy gave him when he was born. It was a Hebrew name. But when um, Yeshua was a Jew, he was born to a Jewish mother. Of course, we know his heavenly father. But even Joseph, his father, his earthly father was Jewish. So he grew up in a Jewish home. He was a, he grew up as a Jew faithful to Torah. He studied the Torah. He was in the synagogue on Shabbat. He was not a Palestinian. And unfortunately, this narrative is is being fueled by 
people who profess to be Christians when in fact they are not. And we know the scriptures are very clear how we'll know one another. And that is by the fruit of our labor. And anyone who preaches a message or a gospel contrary to the, the teachings of the scriptures is teaching a false doctrine, a false gospel. And many, many leaders are falling into this trap. A lot of them are being sucked into it because of the whole, what would Jesus do movement? Mm-hmm. Well, what Jesus would have done was he would have kept true to the scriptures. You know, I look at what's happening, and, I, and it's, it's interesting because when I started seeing the replacement theology within Christendom, I wanted to know, when did this start? This has to have a starting point. And so as I started to do research, we um, actually, one of the first films that we produced was called The Forgotten People, Christianity and the Holocaust. Because as I started to do the research, I started to find that it has been Christians throughout the scriptures, with the exception of the Islamic conquest in Jerusalem, but it has been Christians throughout the time of Christ, since the time of Christ who have persecuted the Jews. Now, um, the Jews have been persecuted far, you know, way before Christianity ever came um, on the scene. In fact, we know that because of Esther. In fact, within a couple of days, um, the Jewish community is going to be celebrating the festival of Purim, which is the story of Esther. And um, so we knew, Haman, there, there are, you know, there's historical data to show that there's always been an element of people groups throughout history who have tried to annihilate the Jews and remove them. Well, it ha- it's happened also since the time of Christ. But, if, but what I found out through my research is that during the pogroms, during the Inquisition, during the Holocaust, and even today, by and large, we see not only Christians standing by and not getting engaged in this discussion or trying to prevent it, but we actively see Christians who are promoting it, much like what we've seen throughout history. We have a chaplain who's involved with our organization, Father Sam Clark, and he did extensive research on the history of anti-Semitism within Christendom. And he said to me, he said, Lori, I can show you every 10 years when people, when Christians in the name of Christ persecuted the Jewish people. And of course, on my first trip to Israel in 2003, one of the places that we went um, was the Diaspora Museum, which is located on on Hebrew University in Tel Aviv. And um, when I came out, I put all my family names in because part of the, the museum experience there is, you know, when you enter, you fill out a form, you fill out all your family names. And of course, I was raised Catholic. I didn't know, you know, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do this. And filled out the forms on my, and filled out all the names on my father's side and on my mother's side. Well, we come out of the museum and they gave me a handout. And what they did was while we were going through the museum, they put all those names into a computer and the computer prints out a document that gives you the origins, the name and the origin of where they trace that name back to within Mm -hmm. the Jewish diaspora. And all my names that I could, that I remembered on my father's side and my mother's side all came back Jewish. That is unbelievable. Well, you know, what's interesting, Angeline, more, that's happening to more and more people who were raised Catholic or even in the Protestant faith 
are starting to find out about their Jewish ancestry. I think it ties into the end time in gathering of all the exiles, and that's why this phenomena is happening. In fact, I'll be in Israel uh, two times in the next couple of months to meet with groups who are going to be talking about this, especially the Sephardic or those Jews who were um, dispersed from Spain during the time of the Inquisition, Mm -hmm. which happened to my family. But getting back to the the story with the forgotten people, when I did the research, I wanted to to understand how could Christians in a country like Germany, because at the time, if we even look back during the time of the Holocaust and, and Hitler come to power, when he came to power, how could a, a Christian nation that was an educated nation, because Germany at the time had the leading universities, people would send their children to German universities from around the world. So I asked the question, how could a, a, an educated Christian nation, both Catholic and Protestant, stand by and allow and elect, first elect, a leader like Adolf Hitler? Because remember, Hitler was not, he didn't just get, get elected and, and, and lead the the third reich and then all of a sudden he became this this villain and he wanted to slaughter all these jews he had been talking for years about what he wanted to do in fact to the jews in fact in 1922 there's a famous speech um he's in munich and he's speaking from the podium saying that um that he wanted to take all the jews and burn them in the city until they're stench filled the city. And this was in 1922. So how does a man who espouses these things publicly, he didn't hide them. Mm -hmm. How does a man like this get elected and become the leader of a Christian nation? And, And then once he becomes leader, how do Christians stand by, by and large, and turn the other uh, turn away when their brother Jacob is calling out to them, and it, it reminds me of the scripture in the book of Obadiah, another another one of my favorite books, favorite prophets, because the Lord also told Obadiah in the latter days he was going to wipe out the descendants of Edom because they stood by when their brother Jacob was held in captivity and they did nothing. So I I was asking the question: How could Christians, if they know their Bible, if they're serving the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? And God, they know, I mean, we all know that God made a covenant with Israel, and as Paul reiterated, it would be irrevocable. Then how could Christians turn away? How could they turn a blind eye and, not, and, and sit back and allow not just six million Jews to be murdered, but another five and a half million other people? And Angeline, if you look at what's happening in the world today, we don't have to look far within the Middle East. And not only are the Jews being attacked again for complete annihilation by countries like Iran. Mm -hmm. But look at what's happening to the Christians. And the the interesting thing about Christians and Jews is Paul also stated in Galatians 3.29 that if you are in Christ, you are Abraham's seed, and therefore an heir, according to the promise. He also told the believers in Ephesus, you who were once outside of the commonwealth of Israel have been brought into the nation or the commonwealth of Israel because of Jesus shed blood. So if we as Christians have been grafted into the commonwealth of Israel and we have an inheritance and we have a heritage, then why aren't we trying to defend it? Why aren't we trying to 
stand with our Jewish brethren. And I think by and large, um, within the evangelical movement, I think there are many Christians who support Israel and understand this. But within the mainline Christian denominations, this is where we're seeing the majority of the pro-Palestinian or the Christian Palestinian movement um, gaining more traction. And it's very disturbing. Okay, Lori, well, we'll have to take our second break. So listeners, today, my guest is Lori Cardoza Moore. She is the founder and president of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. And we'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers radio show. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. One quick 10-minute call could help you solve your student loan problems. So call right now. Not available in all states. Payments may vary based on income. 855-351-FAST. 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 855-351-3278. Millions of people who've never even set foot in a casino take a dangerous gamble every day. Living without health insurance. You can't afford not to have it. But affordable insurance can be hard to find. Especially if you're a hard-working entrepreneur or if you're working for a company that doesn't offer benefits. At Health Insurance Direct, we have a perfect solution with access to dependable, affordable health insurance plans. They have a plan that fits your individual needs perfectly at a price you can afford. Call 24 hours a day at 800-608-2521, 800-608-2521. Don't gamble. Call Health Insurance Direct right now for affordable health insurance. 800-608-2521, 800-608-2521. Not available in all states. Here's the number one more time. 800-608-2521. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show. Today, my guest is Lori Cardoza Moore, and she is the founder and president of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. And Lori, could you give your web address again? You, From what I understand, and when I visited your site, you have some really great films there, and I just feel like we need to get that information out. Oh, absolutely. Well, your listeners can go to pjtn.org, and there is a page with videos of interviews that we've done. Um, there's uh, uh, footage of my meetings at the United Nations. Um, and of course, there's documentaries and our television show, Focus on Israel, uh, that series, which is a wonderful series. It's, it's 
highly acclaimed on every network that it is um, that it's been airing on. We're getting tremendous response um, from our from the viewers. Uh, most recently, the Israel Indivisible documentary has broadcast all over the globe. In fact, the wonderful thing about our organization is our relationship with the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and I have become um, very closely acquainted with uh, with several Christian networks like God TV, Daystar, um, and other wonderful networks, internet protocol platforms that are airing our programs. And we had an interesting thing that's happened here recently where we've had um, our Israel Indivisible documentary broadcast on God TV, and we had a, a viewer who was watching God TV a couple of weeks ago who, uh, this is a young 30-year-old Christian man who saw the film and is going to be screening it in uh, Ireland, in Tipperary, Ireland, tomorrow night. So we will do a Skype interview um, following the film and do a Q&A to talk about um, the, the content of the film. In fact, I understand that there's quite a controversy being stirred in Tipperary um, over the last couple of days because of this film. Apparently, this movie theater had a pro-Palestinian film called uh, Palestinian 101, or no, Occupation 101. Mm -hmm. And so this gentleman actually uh, saw saw that film, and he saw our film on God TV, and so they contacted us, and so we'll be screening our film. But apparently, the pro-Palestinian organization in the community is upset over our film, because this documentary is very important, and I do want to encourage your your audience to go to our website and order it and share it with their family and friends, and especially with our children, because this is not being taught in our schools anymore. But the film goes into the historical, archaeological, legal, and biblical evidence to prove Israel's rights to the land. And we're watching, like what happened in Paris, France, a couple weeks ago, we're watching turmoil um, throughout the Middle East. And of course, everybody is blaming it on the Jews. And these Arab countries are saying, well, we're not going to stop until we totally wipe Israel off the map. And Christians have to understand that, of course, at the same time, as we said before the break, as we discussed before the break, it's not just the Jewish, uh, uh, it's not just Israel and the Jews who are being targeted in the Middle East. It's Christians. Now Christians are being slaughtered. But there again, it's because we are the people of the book. I believe we are the two witnesses that the prophets foretell in the last days. And um, and if you if you think about it, we're the two who are being persecuted now. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's an important film. But um, we've got another gal who contacted us. Uh, she was watching our Forgotten People documentary, which can also be purchased on the website. And that film goes into the history of Christian anti-Semitism. You know, I have to tell you this very sad story. I um, had I was in a city in Columbus, Ohio, and this was several years ago. It was right after the film was was finished. And um, Ohio, of course, we all know is known as the the test market state. Um, and people say that if it, if if they can get the market in in Ohio to get it, then it'll do well throughout the country. Well. We took the film and we showed it to 75 Christian leaders and, um, and pastors. And throughout the film, I could hear people. I was sitting in the front row, but I could hear 
people behind me hissing Mm -hmm. during the film. And I thought to myself, am I hearing this physically or am I hearing this in the spirit realm? To hear Christian leaders from an audience of Christian leaders hissing at our movie. And after the film was over, I did a Q&A session, and there were some questions asked, but two pastors came up to me afterwards and said, you know, with all the negative things that you said about Christianity and Christians, you could have said something positive, positive. And I told them both, with all due respect, I had one hour to tell the story. And I said, and I did focus on Corey Ten Boone, on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, on Martin Niemöller, on Father Bruno, because they were Christians who chose not to be silent. In fact, they risked their own lives. We know Dietrich Bonhoeffer did. Corey Ten Boom's father did. There are numerous stories of Christians who died in the process of trying to protect their Jewish brethren. But it goes back again to the book of Obadiah. Are we going to stand by while our brother Jacob is held in captivity? And are we going to do nothing about it? Are we going to stand by? I mean, I think we have right now, if there was ever a time for us to take a stand, Angeline, the time for the church to rise up is now. And, you know, it's interesting because, as I mentioned for him um, earlier um, in the book of Esther, we know the story of Esther and her cousin Mordecai. And I I share this story with groups because it's a great illustration to remind us Mordecai told Esther, because we all know the story, Esther was afraid to go before the king um, to, to disclose what Haman was attempting to do. And Mordecai sent message back to Esther and basically warned her and said, do not think that you will survive in the palace any more than any of the other Jews, but that you and your household will perish, that God will raise up a deliverer for Israel, for the Jewish people. And he said, the last thing he said to her, to her is, how do you not know that you have been raised up for such a time as this? And Angeline, that is my message to the church today. God did not bring us into the world 100 years ago or 500 years ago. He brought us into the world now. He gave us the abilities that we have, the influence that we have to uphold his covenant and uphold his promise. And to whom much is given, much will be required. And we have to ask ourselves, what can we do? You know, some people, it may be, you know, writing a check to make a contribution. Others, it might be people who host a screening, like what's happening in Ireland and in the UK in the coming weeks. Still others may commit to pray for what we're doing, and others may contact their elected officials and hold them accountable for the position that we are taking. But all of us, Angeline, all of us can do something, because one day we will stand before Almighty God. He will ask us, what did you do with the time that I gave you? When I, through the prophets, had foretold that the nation of Israel would be reborn, and you lived, you were alive during that time, what did you do to uphold my covenant to all Israel? And I don't want to stand before Almighty God and hear him ask me those questions. I would rather that I hear the Lord say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that's, that's something all of us have to ask right now. Right. We're watching what's happening to the world. We're watching what's happening to our nation. And if there was ever a time that we needed a blessing, that time is now. Very powerful, Lori. Let's take our last break. Listeners, today my guest is Lori Cardoza-Moore. She's the founder and president of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. And we will be back momentarily. 
are three letters in the alphabet that strike terror in most of us. These are the three letters you need to avoid at all costs. I-R-S. If the IRS is coming after you for $15,000 or more in back taxes, you don't want to fight them alone. You need the help of the tax resolution experts at U.S. Tax Relief. They've helped thousands of people like you eliminate up to 85% of their delinquent taxes. If you qualify, U.S. Tax Relief can settle your tax debts for less than you owe, remove penalties and interest, and protect you from bank levies and garnishments. If you owe the IRS at least $15,000 in back taxes, call U.S. Tax Relief now for a free consultation and see how much money they can save you. Call 800-989-1694. For thousands of years, people from the Brazilian rainforest have used the Asahi Berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic Asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order two. Plus, give you free shipping. Call Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show. Today, our guest is Lori Cardoza Moore. She is the founder and president of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. You know, Lori, when you were talking and you said, how can this happen in these Christian nations? And, you know, I was I was thinking not too long ago, you remember that woman. Now, you would never think anything like this would happen in America, but that woman that was beheaded in Oklahoma and I believe uh, Obama called it workplace violence. You know, right. to me, just something like that, it was so buried. We heard a little bit about it right around the time it happened. You really don't hear much about it. They try to downplay it and call it workplace mm-hmm. violence. And I think incidents like that is just the beginning. And you know what's scary? I don't know how you feel about the Obama administration and, and their role, but What's what I've really seen, if you really step back and look since he's been in office, it just seems like to me his his role, the whole reason he was put in office was to further the Muslim footprint in this country. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to give them a voice or, you know, have religious freedom. It's almost mm-hmm. as though his goal is to have them take over our culture mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. look in the Middle East and what we've been involved in and how it seems to be fueling terrorism over there. It just seems like that is the real mission, his mission. Mm -hmm. What is your Mm -hmm. feeling on that? I am 100% in agreement with what you just said. And I, I, before I make my comments, 
I want to, I don't know, Angeline, if you've had an opportunity to see American Sniper. No, I haven't. I've heard good things about it, but I haven't had an opportunity. Well, I want to encourage you to go and even your listeners to go. And I'm going to tell you why. It's a violent film, but in, in fact, we took our teenage children to see it this past Sunday. But I said to my kids, I said, you're going to go and you're going to watch because you're going to see what a real patriot what a real hero is. And after the film was over, it was very moving, very compelling. Um, it ends with the, the funeral of Chris Kyle. But when the credits began to roll, the lights came up, people got up out of their seats, and you didn't hear anybody talking. It was silent. You could hear people sniffling. And people walked out of that theater without saying a word. And we got into the car, and it was just, it was actually probably 24 hours later before my before I was able to really communicate emotionally what I had just experienced. Chris Kyle was trying to fight, along with our soldiers who went off to war, they were trying to fight an enemy that was vicious and ruthless and evil. And today we have a president who, who said that if this nation, he said it publicly, He said, if this nation ever turns against its Muslims, he would stand with the Muslims. Why would any president even suggest that people would turn against any people group when a president's role is to unite a country and bring us together, even if we have different political perspectives that we come at? The goal of the president is to bring the people together. There was a pastor recently who who is from Atlanta, and I don't want to mention his name, but he uh, probably six, seven months ago met with Obama. This was when the persecution against Christians in the Middle East was starting to um, rise to an alarming rate. And he went to meet with the president. He was able to get his ear and he asked the president, he said, what are you going to do about the persecution of Christians in the Middle East? Mm -hmm. And the response by the president to this pastor was, they better get used to it. That, that is the president that is sitting in the White House. How does Adolf Hitler come to power? How does Barack Hussein Obama come to power? And if we think that his loyalty is to the Western Judeo-Christian values that this country was founded upon, that provides freedom and the right to worship, no matter what your faith, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a Buddhist, whether you're Hindu, or whether you're Christian. We provide and protect the rights of people to practice their faith and to say whatever they want, even if it's things that we wouldn't say. Just like what happened with the massacre at Charlie Hebdo with the, with the cartoonist. Mm-hmm. But this president, if you look at his footprint throughout the Middle East, every place he has gone, he has created chaos in his wake. And uh, it was a couple years ago, uh, I think a year and a half ago, I met with uh, Senator Corker, who is our senator here in Tennessee. I met with his, um, his staff, foreign relations staff. He serves, he's a ranking member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And I met with his staff and I asked them, what is the senator going to do? I'm here coming, not just as the president of proclaiming justice to the nations, whose whose 
our headquarters is in the belt buckle of the Bible Belt, and which is actually Senator Corker's district or his his region. I said, but I also represent the World Council of Independent Christian Churches, 44 million congregants around the globe, and I serve as their special envoy at the United Nations. And I asked uh, his assistant, I said, what is the senator going to do to address these issues? I said, because every place this administration goes and places its, its foot, it creates chaos, and innocent people are slaughtered. From Tunisia to Libya to Egypt to Syria, and this was around the time that we were going to start funding the Syrian rebels, which we had already done. We were giving them weapons, mm-hmm. and now we're, we're giving tax dollars to fund a terrorist group because they're fighting another terrorist group. When there was a Christian group that was asking for the Western world to equip them, to help them, these were Christian Syrians who were getting caught up, and they were the ones being slaughtered. But did our administration come to their aid? No. Well, Lori, I'm sorry. We're out of we're out of time. I, you know, there, and I just we didn't even scratch the surface of what I wanted to get to. So maybe you could come back some other time. But uh, listeners, I would love to. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to listen to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. Until next week, God bless. 